Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Rachel Tipgraph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. Welcome, Welcome to, to our, our podcast, podcast, Brave, Brave Commerce. Commerce. You know, Rachel, I've always been one of these people who mixes personal and professional with probably more fluidity than most. And people who know me professionally know a lot more about my personal life, whether it's my kids, religion, stuff I shop for my emotions. I'm just an open book. And I've always felt like it provides a degree of vulnerability and empathy, but it also invites others to open up. And sometimes it works and sometimes it bites you in the butt. But I happen to be a pretty big advocate. I mean, I feel like I know more about you than I know about some of my closest friends. (laughs) Am I not one of your closest friends? You have become one of my close, close people. And I feel so lucky about that. Um, I think I speak to you more than I speak to a bunch of people I probably should be calling more often. And now my mom's <laughs> going to kill me for saying this. Um, well, uh, I'll hold that place for as long as I can. And you're right. Like, you know, COVID has allowed us to engage with employees and partners and platforms in, in ways that I never expected. Uh, I've seen so many of my employees' kids naked behind the scenes in Zoom. Uh, and it's really bringing us together uh, in a way that we could have never done in this cross-border global world that we live in. So, you know, today's chat is a great example of that. Uh, Cynthia Chen is a global executive that Sarah and I have had the pleasure of knowing through so many different stages of her careers over the last decade. And she's been in the U.S., she's been uh, in different parts of Asia. And on this podcast, honestly, we got to know her in a way that I was never expecting. And she's an amazing example of what it's like to bring your personal life into the C-suite. And that's not the only divide she's breaking down. She's always had that bravery to break down silos no matter where she worked. And you and I have had varying experiences with her at different companies. But now that she's at RB, she's doing what lots of people talk about but rarely actually do, which is blurring the lines of physical and digital retail. Maybe it's her experiences in China that gave her the inspiration. Maybe it's just her resilient personality. But whatever it is, it's working. Cynthia, we are thrilled to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my honor to be here. Cynthia Chen again. Uh, I run RB House in North America. I love hearing that. That makes me so happy. I just love having seen... Cynthia's progression, we first met over a decade ago when she was a brand manager at Jell-O. 
And uh, I, I was just scared out of my mind to have a meeting with her because I heard she had some very high standards. And yet here we are 10 years later, better and stronger together than ever before. Rachel, you, you, you also know Cynthia from the past as well. Yeah, it's funny. I was, you were 10 years. Maybe I'm five years and I'll never forget, it was when you were at Crap. No, it was when you were at Mondelez. And you guys were forming an e-commerce advisory board before anyone else. It's wild to think that we're in the year 2020 and brands still haven't done that. And I was wildly impressed by you. And I'm not surprised that you're now you know, taking over the world from China all the way back to the U.S. I think both of you guys are so modest. Actually, Sarah, you are my inspiration. You know, I always view you. I mean, look at your career, right? So I'm always saying that when I have challenges and difficulties, I say, hey, how would uh, Sarah do that? So you're truly my mentor and, and really inspiration. Rachel, you're also so modest. You were the uh, star, uh, the stellar startup, uh, you know, the owner, right? So founder. So um, I, I got, you know, I have so much to learn from both of you guys. Oh, this is already turning into a love fest. <laughs> Well, it, it would be great for us to start a little bit. The name of, the, the name of this uh, podcast is called Brave Commerce. And when Rachel and I were, were thinking about who would be our best guest, we both said, Cynthia Chen, you have made some incredibly brave moves in your career, not the least of which was leaving a fabulous job at Mondelez to move back to China. And then another brave move coming back to America. What prompted those brave choices? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Why right? that's probably the best way to understand me. My uh, my professional life is so much more, uh, so much integrated with my personal life. I went to China. It was because my mom. I'm the only child of my parents. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, colon cancer, last stage. Um, and you know, my culture is that you got to go back and taking care of your parents. So um, I left the company. Actually, it was not one of these. I was with um, GSK. Uh, I had about one year with GSK. And one night when I was in Bangkok, my mom called me saying that, hey, you said you, you come to work for GSK. You're going to come back all the time, you know, um, you know, spend time with me because you can red eye flight from Singapore to Shanghai, where is my hometown. But the entire one year I was in um, GSK, I only spent one Saturday with my mom, right? So, and my mom was saying that I don't know when, I'll, how long time I'll be with you, right? So, um, and you know, and I became emotional. So I actually quit when I was in, uh, in this global meeting with probably 1,000 people in Bangkok. And I quit that morning when I was having breakfast with my, my boss. And, and, you know, I think of the life, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? General Mills reached out to their, you know, different jobs. Uh, and this is one job, which is the CEO, managing director for China. And it happens to be in Shanghai, my hometown. I said, why not? Right? So the next thing you know is I went to Minneapolis and had an entire day of interview with all the C-levels. And, and the next thing you know, I moved to Shanghai. Right? So in uh, end of July, beginning of August, I was in Shanghai. It was 2017. Um, and then... You know, after two years, uh, the, the lucky and not lucky things, my mom passed away when I was there. Um, but, but I felt that at least I spent as much time as I had with her. Um, uh, so, and then my son, obviously, is here uh, in the United States. And, you know, there's, I'm not going to get into personal stuff, but if I don't come back, there will be consequences um, that I will not have lots of time with my son. 
And so, so you are at the point of saying, hey, should we progress with, within this company or should I come back to the United States? It was um, over Christmas time, I had a conversation with somebody from Hobby who happens to be my mentor and sponsor. Uh, and, and he told me, which is very, very important to me, right? He said, um, you can always get another job. Uh, but with yourself, you only have one kid and you're going to come back. And that's so much more fulfilling, more important than anything in, in the world. So the next thing you know is that I was, you know, talking to the CEO of RB and over coffee for half an hour. And, and a couple of months later, I'm back <laughs> um, just like that. So, um, so yeah, um, throughout my career, it's always the integration between personal and professional. And I truly believe if you make a right choice for personal life and the professional life will come. Uh, that, that, that happened to me. So, so that, yeah, there you have it. I just learned more about you than I've ever known in the last five years. And it's really beautiful story. And I'm so sorry about your mom, but I'm so happy you got that time with her. Yeah. It sounds like RB chose you and you chose RB because they share perhaps the same belief system around valuing your personal life. And which is also really beautiful. You've now been in RV for a few months. What are the major learnings? I mean, the world has changed in such significant ways. So I'm curious, like, what are you seeing right now within the market? So, so first and foremost, you know, uh, let me talk about RV. Um, I'm actually a boomerang, right? So uh, my career is also, you know, Sarah knows this. I'm a boomerang back to uh, General Mills. Now I'm boomerang back to RV. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, somebody the other day, Sarah, from Mondelez was asking, say, hey, when are you going to boomerang back to uh, Mondelez? So, um, so coming back to RB, uh, a few things, right? RB's culture is obviously very, very entrepreneurial, right? And people will say, well, it's a really fast pace. The answer is absolutely right. Uh, it's, we do everything with urgency. Uh, now, the world is changing. The world is changing to the, to the point of we don't know what the future will look like, as a matter of fact. Nobody has a crystal ball. Um, but we're lucky enough. Uh, so within my portfolio in North America Health, I have uh, OTC, which is a uh, Mucinex. Everybody knows Mucinex, Delsam, Cipacol. I also have lifestyle brands, uh, sexual well-being, such as the Durex and KY, which is so much fun to work on. And then I also have personal care, uh, which is uh, Clarisol and Beats and a bunch of other brands. Um, I would say that, um, uh, you know, this is sort of a cliche to say, um, COVID really is the biggest changing agent for uh, digital transformation. So if I specifically look at my industry, before COVID, United States uh, penetration in healthcare, people buy products from uh, online is like 11%. Versus in China was already 24%. Post-COVID, I don't have a number yet, but the latest number I see from different sources that were saying definitely is over 15% and 16%, and which is not surprising because when you're locked down at home, you, you know, even the people who are senior citizens, they don't want to try online, but that, that's the only way they can do, and they try online. And then they found out online is actually not that difficult. I always tell other people, my dad in China is 78 years old. Even he has an account with Douyin, which is a TikTok in China, right? It's that. So if my dad is 78 years old before COVID, he doesn't even know how to use WeChat sending me a um, text message. Now he's sending me, you know, emoji all the time uh, and TikTok. So uh, I think that this is the biggest change, uh, you know, we, we see in our industry. So how do we actually leverage e-commerce, which is, you know, uh, is it really the relevant top topic here, right? So how do we make this even bigger? 
And there's a, even in China, they were saying uh, OTC is one of the categories will become very, very big online. And they are saying that in the next couple of years, will become 30% will come from um, online, 30, 35% of OTC. So for me, is that how do we actually invest more in that? And are we given the speed? We certainly will move very fast. I cannot tell you the details because it's not out yet. But what I can tell you is definitely, definitely one of my key focuses. Um, so, so that's one. So it's a, it's an act with nearly um, urgency. We do everything with urgency. The second piece is also prioritization, which is uh, not only important for other companies and RB, but for me in the COVID, because um, there are so many things you can do, right? So for me, is how do we actually prioritize? How do we prioritize the actor with, uh, with speed of our resources, right? How do you, you know, uh, allocate resources given real time, right? So for instance, uh, one of the things that uh, you, during COVID, we have a media, you know, Rachel, you probably are very familiar with this, is uh, we bought a media. Uh, and we, we actually had to go and talk to the media agency, and, but also the network to say, hey, can we shift it to the back half, right? So how do you actually do the real time? It's not only about the speed, but also do that real time because everything is changing. Um, and the third piece is that what I think that RB, nobody knows. RB, people always know RB as really moving fast. It's a harsh culture. It's actually changing, right? So with the two, uh, our, the top of the, the helm, we have the, um, Lakshman, who's our CEO, but also my boss, Chris, is a global president for health. Both of them are McKinsey background that went to Pepsi. Um, so they have different way of uh, you know, looking at this. Um, so, so one of the things that we are doing is really acting like a helper, particularly uh, within the you know, pandemic. Instead of only talking about your product, but also do some of the PSA, which is trying to help people, right? So for instance, we had a partnership with Noma, who is a very renowned artist in UK. Instead of talking about a product, we're talking about how to wear masks. Today, we have something that's going to be break. Um, I have not seen the PR release yet, but it's supposed to come out today. But uh, let me just tell you guys. Uh, so we actually have uh, six pieces of art. It's only talking about the, um, back to the normal quote, right, normal is up to ourselves is that we have to wear a mask. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would say the culture is changing. Arby is always entrepreneurial spirit, but also act with um, urgency. I think it has not changed, but even more so, uh, especially given COVID. Well, that certainly ex- explains a lot about why you would join the company, because if I had to come up with three key words that would describe you... <laughs> urgency, speed, entrepreneurial, those are, those are words that very much resonate with you and, and the entirety of your career. So I guess it's no surprise that within just a few months of joining, you get promoted to president. How has your role changed in, in that short period of time? Um, yeah, so when I came in, um, so in my remit, right, so um, actually it's, it's more about, we call it an HRW. So nobody knows about HRW, just like nobody knows about RV. Right? RV stands for Rocky Van Kieser. Um, and HRW is a health, wellness, and relief. Um, so now it's a health. Uh, so, so now I have more brands and more bigger region. Right? So more brands is um, personal care is into my uh, remit. But also it's North America, it's not U.S. only. And it's a true present role, which is the end-to-end. Uh, so end-to-end meeting that um, I have everything, right? So it will be having you know, marketing, sales, um, you know, HR, uh, finance, operations, everything, right? So it, it's just like a, a CEO for this health in North America. 
In the past, uh, you know, we call that a general manager, but it's more focus is all on the, the marketing and, you know, finance, HR side. But now it's a full end to end, but also region expanded. And so, you know, one of the things that Sarah and I always talk about is how e-commerce is typically siloed from brand marketing, from consumer engagement. You have e-commerce departments sitting under sales. You have e-commerce departments sitting under brand. Now that you're at the president, you're the helm. How do you believe e-commerce should function within an organization? Yeah, uh, it's my POV, right? So uh, it's that's not represent uh, the industry or anybody else. Even some, you know, there's differences even within our company. In my mind, first and foremost, the e-commerce is you know reporting to me, um, but also sales reporting to me. So for me, it's really you know. To even to today. So when I started with e-commerce and monthly, it was the end of 2014. And Sarah, remember, right? 2014. At that time, the one of the key questions is about the, um, that offline sales people would say, well, you know, you are taking the business from me. But even today, there are still that tension, right? So even when it comes to inventory, right? So for instance, when we have, don't have enough products at the beginning of the pandemic because people are panic buying. So then you come to the inventory. So who gets the inventory? Is that Walmart? Is that Amazon? Or is that Kroger? Right? So for me, it's a really having that um, uh, integration, right? So in China, we call it omni-channel, right? So in the United States, we really need to get to the omni-channel approach. When I say that, it's an internal, internal management. Is how do we make sure that the people don't feel that their sales is impacted by online? So, um, and then, so the integration of that is super, super important. And I'm thinking about incentive system. How do we actually design an incentive system? For one is I'm thinking, hey, should I actually recognize the revenue for both ends, right? So, hey, you're offline. doesn't matter whether it's sold online, Amazon, or sold in your channel. So the total business is there, so we can credit both, right? Uh, and, but then also, we also see that Walmart and Target, they're actually combining their offline online. Right, so how do we actually do that? So uh, is that should should I say, hey, Walmart, we have one point person for Walmart. When it comes to online, we, our online part of sales will help, but it's one team, right? So so for me, it's really thinking about how do we manage internally incentive system, but inventory management, supply chain, all those kind of stuff. But also even have a dedicated person to making sure they are integrated. Um, so so that's that's the first thing. Um, and then you were asking the other question is also, um, can you repeat the other question you asked? So I want to talk about internal, but also you're saying... Yeah, no, I wanted to know where you believe e-commerce should sit within an organization because often it's so siloed. Yeah, e-commerce right now sits uh, within my organization directly report to me. So they don't report to sales. They don't report to, um, to uh, marketing. Uh, in the past, they were reporting, they couldn't report to marketing. So for instance, monthly at the beginning was sort of like a marketing and hybrid uh, because um, for, for me, why it reports to me directly is not reporting to sales. Number one, it's so important. Um, my focus is say, hey, right now it's only less than 10% coming from e-commerce, but we can't have bigger dream, right? So, and, and, but also at the same time, because of my experience, because of my passion, and also because of my experience in China, and China obviously is uh, much more advanced when it comes to e-commerce. As some plug, in China, 2019, total e-commerce revenue is about 25% of total retail sales in China, Translate to 1.5 trillion. In comparison, United States 600 billion. Right. So if you think about this, that's the size of that. China 1.5. If you add the the second 10 countries add together, China is still bigger. Right. 
So given that, I think appointment makes sense because I can use my experience, but also my passion and my ambition for that. That's, that's pretty cool. So you've been talking a lot about COVID and we've been talking about e-commerce. And I don't know if you're comfortable answering this question, which is, but especially you've been talking about sexual well-being. What's the most surprising big seller online out of the portfolio that you oversee? I mean, the Lysol stuff, that's a no-brainer. But we're talking about, you know, things like Mucinex, Cepacol, but, but you start talking about things like condoms. Like, what's, what's the big surprise? Um, it's, it's, it's actually not a surprise, right? So there are two things. I'm pleas- pleasantly uh, su- not surprised. Um, uh, so, so one is that we became the number one condom brand uh, online, right? So if you think about our competition, children obviously is big, right? They've been there forever. Uh, we are number one online, uh, which is, uh, you know, we are very happy to see. Um, the second piece is about uh, personal care, ammo pay. Uh, have you guys used Ammo Pay, which is a sort of, sort of like a home spa? Um, and because people cannot go out, so what they do, they want to have a, a very smooth feet. Uh, so they, they just use you know Ammo Pay uh, to do that themselves and make a spa at home. Right? So which is you know when we see that Ammo Pay when we launched it was a fantastic and came down, declined significantly over the last couple of years, and now came back. So that was a, a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, you know revenue stream for us. Um, and, and then the um, the KY piece of it, you know, we also saw that the growth, um, the growth, uh, first time in the last three years time, which, as you guys know, one of the tidbits from New York government health um, department actually came up with um, a memo. It's, it's, it was actually quite a graphic. And in that, they were saying your best partner uh, in pandemic is yourself, right? So which means that, you know, KY makes sense, right? So... So yeah, both friends. Uh, I'm dying that the New York Health Department issued that statement. <laughs> I know, I know. It, yeah, it was very, yeah, it, it was very graphic. Uh, Rachel, if you have time, to take a look at the memo. It was quite graphic. <laughs> I, I have plenty of time for this memo, so I will be googling it. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> these are surprising things for sure. Um. You know, Cynthia, you've always been ahead of your time when it comes to leading global brands, thinking about digital transformation. We've experienced such rapid change, uh, you know, this calendar year of 2020. Where do you think the industry is going to be three years from now? Like, if you were a venture capitalist, where would you be investing your money right now? There's lots of things going to happen, right? So, um, I, I would say that two places at, at least um, that, that interested me, right? So one is continue to be e-commerce, and hence we are talking about brave commerce. Uh, again, 11%, uh, if you look at other countries, it's going to be, you know, exploding. Um, and then the second piece is about, um, you know, how do you think about, uh, right now we are in the quintessential of, um, uh, how do you say, uh, the GDP is declining 30%. We certainly have a lot of pressure in terms of a value proposition. So for me, is it really to think about price back architecture? How do we offer? Uh, for our brand, we'll never ever come down, right? So the pricing, you know, will not come down, but doing that very smartly, provide the consumer they can actually pick it up. So for instance, a condom, right? So the condom um, buy rate uh, or frequency for the entire year is less than, you know, um, um, very, very small, right? So, but if I think about our pack, it's actually multiple pack, 
And the condom is also very impulse purchase, right? So, so how do we actually make sure that the pack makes sense at a checkout counter, right? Um, so the, the e-com is a big part of that. Um, but then the e-com is also, when you talk about e-commerce, it's not only about e-commerce itself, but it's about e-commerce ecosystem, which I call that a commerce uh, ecosystem, which includes the, the typical pure play, brick and click, but also social commerce is a big one. And then cross-border commerce. For us, is that probably we are one of the companies actually leading cross-border commerce, right? So, for instance, the Me Johnson, we have infant formula. We actually cross-border commerce a lot to to China. Uh, and then, you know, for sexual being, we could, we'll probably cannot kind of look into that. Now, OTC is a relatively difficult because you have FDA. And in China, you have CFDA. But that still can be done because in Ali, uh, for instance, they actually have an international global function. And global, that you can actually do that differently. You probably cannot even don't have to go through the, the very strict CFDA because they have, uh, you have to buy a product in certain areas. So the commerce ecosystem is super important uh, particularly in the social commerce area. And, and just so two, about two and, and three years ago in China, I was already doing live streaming, selling my products. And here we're just, you know, starting, right? Um, and the second piece is about the, how do you provide the value? Um, the private uh, provide value is price pack protection, but also building that the, the, the consumer segment, which is more economically resilient to, uh, to the downturn. Right. So, for instance, African consumers, for a couple of dollars, they probably will not change their the purchase behavior. So how do we understand their needs and wants and provide the products that tailor to them? Right? Uh, and last but not least, I, I talked about two, but uh, and one more thing is about how do you make sure in-store, uh, where we call that, uh, how do we, we actually coined the term, it's called physical digital, right? physical digital. So how do you actually have this entire loop? Uh, you know, if you go to my store, um, particularly for OTC, the code and flu, and the destination, you cannot shop. We have more than 400 skills in store. Even me working on that is, is very challenging to shop, right? So as I saw certain consumers, how can you tell the difference between SE and DM, right? So Sarah, what's the difference between SE and DM? Not a lot of people can know that, right? So how do we actually make sure consumers' shopping, shopping experience is simple, now it's even not the pleasant. Before that, we need to make sure it's simple. And when they have the symptom, what to buy. So self-care is important. The self-care is online self-care, but also when you go to in-store, how can you use the AI to help you with self-care? So that when you're sick, you go to a store. The last thing you want to do is spend half an hour trying to get the right product. Right? So boom, like 30 seconds, you actually can buy that. That would be wonderful, right? So again, summarize the three things. The first one is the commerce ecosystem. It's not only about e-commerce. It's about social commerce, cross-border commerce, the DTCs, all the kind of stuff. The second piece is about uh, how do you provide the value? Um, but also find the best segment, which is more really resilient to the downturn and, and economic situation. The third piece is about, um, you know, now I forgot my, my third piece myself. So, AI, yeah, yeah, AI, physical digital, thank you, yeah. See, I need a, I need a more coffee now. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you, 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 you talk about the importance of simplicity. Believe it or not, it was eight years ago that you approved something so brave, um, yet so simple, which was the posting of the rainbow Oreo on social media, celebrating inclusion and diversity and LGBTQ well before it was cool or legal in the States. And that was something that was so simple, 
yet so brave. And to me, whenever I think about you as somebody that that was brave, I always look at, at that as one of those things where you were just like, we're going to do this because this is the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, history proved out you were 100% right on, on all of that. But then earlier today, you were telling them, us about all these other tremendously brave things that you did on a personal level, you're boomeranging, all these other things. Like, is there something that we don't know about you that is the bravest thing that you've done? Because, gosh, you've heard so much. So first of all, I want to say thank you, Sarah. I would say that I cannot do that uh, without the agencies. And you are the agency leader at the time, 360i. You're the president of 360i. So uh, I, I think that, you know, the, the fearlessness and braveness being brave all comes from, you know, the people you're working with. Um, I, you know, and that was also because I came from Cannes. That, that was the first time I went to Cannes. And I saw so many brave work coming from Cannes. I came back and worked with you guys saying that um, this is my first piece of homework to give to Mondelez. And at that time also makes sense because we separated into two companies, right? Crafts and Mondelez. It was a 100th birthday. So, and, and also the, you know, personally, I think the diversity and inclusion is super important. Being somebody is generation zero, immigrant generation zero coming to the United States. So, so all these add together, that's why we launched that, right? So, and you know that we launched that is also not for the uh, sake of being sexy, being sexy. There's a business reason behind that. That's why we saw after we launched that, I still remember, I gave you $1.2 million only for Q3, right? And we double-digit growth of business. And the business is over a billion dollars, $1.2 billion. Now we can talk about this because it's all the information. And we were, and the, the business has been single-digit growth. And after that, we, we actually double-digit growth. Now they still continue to grow because we set up for that, right? So um, I, the, the other thing that I think about being brave is also, you know, when I saw my mom passed away, and, and the life is fragile. Right. So I actually very anal. Uh, I, there's one thing really always that guided me is uh, life is too short. There are, if you live up to 82 years old, there are only 30,000 days. Right. So if I'm over 40, you have 15,000 days. And hopefully you don't spend all the time at work. So if you spend, I should say, one third of time at work, you have 5,000 days. So what do you do? Right. So, uh, and I don't want to say, hey, I've been here. Just do it incrementally. You know, I've been here being a, you know, um, you know, a stone being here in the world. And, you know, I want to at least, you know, have some little impact that when I leave, people say, oh, yeah, actually she did something. So that's the guiding principle. And this, this was reinforced by my mom's passing. And, you know, actually, I'm not afraid to be fired. I'm not afraid even the death now, right? So once my mom passes, so what I'm afraid of, right? Nothing to be afraid, right? So, um, so, so that's, that's guiding me. I think that one of the biggest, uh, you know, fearless thing that I did is it really coming back, right? So I could go higher into my career. So coming back and, and I was, um, you know, at SVP level in China, I came back as a VP, right? So you, you take that down, say, hey, when I'm going to go back to SVP and then to the, to the ultimate goal that I want to achieve, right? So, but I, I came back uh, and now it proved it. So long as you did that, um, you know, for a right reason, and you, f- you focused on what you believe in, which I believe in two things. One is about the building a sustainable growth, right? So it's not only about the one, one, one hit. I mean, you know that, Sarah. It's not only one-time wonder, like, you know, and we always believe in sustainable growth. Um, the second piece of building great place work very much like Mondelez. So how do you take your people along? Not only your company, 
but also in the industry, right? So you and me both believe in the DNI, right? So um, and if you do that, you will get to what you want. And that's you know, came back. I was uh, I was a little bit worried that you know what's next for me. Uh, and and guess what? You know, I got promoted. You know, and um, before the that hit one year. So that was one of the things that, you know, um, the first month when I came back, people was asking me in China, saying that, are you sure you want to go back, right? Is this what you want? Uh, and, and, you know, but it worked for me. Well, Cynthia, honestly, I'm inspired by the stories that you shared with us today. Uh, I think it's so beautiful how you've been able to weave your personal and your professional life and how it's lifted you up through the ranks um, and I think Sarah and I are aligned with your future bets in terms of where to invest, investing in the e-commerce tech stack, freeing the e-commerce team from the pressures of being pulled to brick and mortar or being pulled into a digital direction and allowing it actually to stand alone so it can support all business units and empowering your team so they can be brave, not be afraid to get fired and continue to invest where there's growth, um, which is just so clear that it's in an omni-channel world that extends borders, and everyone should be watching RB North America Health to be at the front wave of what's about to happen. So thank you, Cynthia, for joining Sarah and I. Uh, my pleasure. The time flies. I'm, I'm having so much fun here with all of you guys. So uh, I thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, and, and I'm sure that you know we'll, we'll, we'll see each other very soon, hopefully. Finger crossed with a glass of martini. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for listening. listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.